What's up, world? This is Jesse Rich with Jesse Rich Podcast, and today I am going to just do a transitional podcast. So this is just something that I wanted to do go over. Um, this is for the Wednesday drivers. Hello, guys. Um, very first thing I want to read is this first paragraph to explain what's going on. But what I am going to be reading is these first two Wednesdays. I'm going to be reading the whole universe. Uh, League of Legends lore, try to make it as quick as possible because there's a lot in here, but I did do a lot of work trying to edit it and make it as um, as short and easy to read as possible. Uh, if you're a League of Legends fan, a lot of these names you'll understand, but they, um, Riot Games has never really put out a full timeline, so this is actually off of fandom. Love fandom as a site. It's a lot of fun to learn a lot. And um, we're going to go over the League of Legends lore. So, this article compiles all the official timelines and sources published by Riot Games into a non-exhaustive timeline of recorded important events in the League of Legends Runeterra Prime Universe. This should not be considered as an official timeline, but should be as accurate as, pos- as accurate as possible and more complete than any timeline that Riot Games has provided. Numbering in the timeline is based on the founding of Noxus, as this is the method used for the official source. All dates are considered into spans of time from one to the next since many events are only given vague ordering and estimated dates. Again, this is just set up. What we're going to go over is the first 9,000 years of BN, if I can get it all in today, which is before the birth of nations. And then AN is after nations. So, before nations, after nations. Kind of cool how they did a BN, AN, kind of like us in real world are using BC and AD. So, that's pretty cool. Um, But, we're going to get started on that. Lore. With territory spread across Runeterra, the Empire of Noxus has united and assimilated countless smaller nations over the course of centuries. Aside from its obvious military strength and stable central government, Noxus takes great pride in bringing the calendar to every corner of the globe, but to the Noxinian is a subscribed to their notion of the world history, which begins long before the Rune Wars that gave rise to the Empire since have historical records were lost in the dark times. The precise details of anything earlier are likely based on conjecture or popular myth. Prehistory. These timelines encompass year or encompass history predating the formation of Runeterra as well as the timelines is formation until the emergence of modern humans. The Origins Events from the origins of the universe to the creation of Runeterra. Nothingness came to be. Naga Kaburus came to be. The multi-universe came to be. The Void. And Runeterra. The main League of Legends universe comes to be. The Watchers come to be. Timeless eons pass until the first breath of creation, Kendril, 
or Kindred, sorry, came to be. Aurelion Soul. I know that's a character. Uh, I always pronounce it wrong. They call him Absol. And Bard came to be. Alongside with many other cosmic entities. The Watchers developed sentence in response of life in the universe and formulate the goal of ending it. Absol formed the first stars, creation of the first celestial beings, Soraka came to be, founding of the stellar Mount Targon. Absol created Runeterian solar system, Rutera formed by the world runes. The formation. Events of the creation of Runeterra to the creation of modern humans. Birth of magic on Runeterra. Surface of Runeterra becomes stable enough to support the first primitive life. Creation of the first spirits and demons of Runeterra. Fiddlesticks came to be. Mordecai came to be. Evelyn came to be. Tom Kinch came to be. Emergence of the first plant life and animal life. The creation of terrestrial dragons, creation of Yordles, the founding of the Bandle City. Yordles construct the threshold gateway gaining access to Runeterra. Fizz arrived on Runeterra. Formation of the continent of Valoran and the Ineon Arpeggio. Formation of the Blessed Isles. Creation of the first Runeterian civilization beneath the oceans and seas, such as the Guardian Sea, firstborn came to be. There was Orn, Anvidia, Volibear, Sealed Sisters. According to the myth, Orn terraforms the land that will eventually become Vriljord. Original of Snow Orn constructed his home and calls it Horn Hall. And Nivea annoyed with Orn for failing her favorite perching trees to build his home decides to teach him a lesson. In the attempt to tickle Orn's nose with her feathers, she caused Orn to sneeze a gout of flame that set fire to his bedsheets. Eventually spreading to the floor, Anivia picnicking, flapped her wings to fly away. But this only stoked the fire hotter with the dry Fihorian air. Soon, all of Hornhall was alight. The fire raged for days, darkening the skies with ash while Orn slept through the whole thing. He woke up atop a pile of ashes in a very bad mood. But he did not know that Anivia had done. And to this day, she has never told him the truth. Orn sought out to construct his second home with non-flammable material. He fashioned himself a spade, a lever, and a fork. With these tools, he could dig the ore, move mighty pillars, and eat delicious spicy cherries he so enjoyed. Orn hammered and shaped chunks of ore until a black mountain stood inside the great forge that channeled the primordial molten flame from the deep within the earth. He was pleased with his new home dubbed Hearth Home. Due to his home being too hot 
or even Orn to endure, he dug a trench from the sea straight to the mountain. The Sill sisters allowed cold waters to rush through the trench and cooled the hearth home. Great plums of steam rose up. It took three days for the mountain to cool enough for Orn. In that time, the ocean that fed the river dripped or dipped several inches. So much steam had risen from the waters that the perpetual blue sky was molted with a dark and gray cloud as these new puffy forms gathered and cooled. They grew heavier and heavier until they burst with snow. It snowed for a hundred years, being the primary reason why the land later called the Fjord is covered in snow to this day. History. These timelines of Returian history details record events since the creation of modern humans, which marks the beginning of history. To most recent events in history, the first land's creation of modern human humans, creation of the first humans, settlements across Runeterra, some Yordles start to live openly among the hardy tribes of the Northlands in, the, in what would later be known as Freeljord. Nar arrived to Runeterra, destruction of the civilization beneath the Guardian Sea. Fizz goes into a catatonic state due to his fading Yordle magic, hibernating for millennia. Founding of the Vastaya, known as the ancient Enoya. Humans in Enoya adapted to live in harmony with their environment. They lived in relative peace for an unknown period of time. Kenan arrives to Runeterra. 9000 BC started the Titan War to defend themselves against the Titans they came from the skies enlightened humans of Enoya took the power of the spirit realm into themselves and became the first I'm going to butcher this but I'm going to say it's Vastashare Vastashare 9000 to 8000 Vastashare are victorious against the Titans, Vastashare, such as Noble Kila, Dutiful Share, the Cunning Lotil, are hailed as heroes. End of the Titan War, Vastashare decided to live among the mortal kin. They later, their later less magical descendants would be known as Vastaya. The Uvekad tribe splinters from the rest of the Vastasharari tribes, living in isolation of an unknown far east off Iona. The three sisters, Fildjor Ward Gateway to the Hollow Abyss, Warded Gateway of the Hollow Abyss. 9,000 to 8,000 again. Founding of the Fildjor the three sisters Avarosa, Serida, and Lysandra were born with ice powers. They entered on a quest to control the extra-dimensional powers at war. Serida attempted to command the heavens above, but lost her voice to Zol, the first twilight. Avarosa faced the twisting dark beneath of the world 
and was deafened by the emptiness. Waiting to consume all creation, Lysandra stood against the wild magic of the mortal world itself for this defiance, frenzy the savage claws of the volibear primal god raked across her eyes, blinding her. Avarosa, Sirda, and Lysandra united together. Dreamwalking due to her blindness, Lysandra managed to communicate with the Watchers even though the tiny mortal minds that reached out to the Watchers were as fleeting motes of light at the very edges of the abyss. In them, the Watchers saw a chance to invade the material realm. And so, unknown to her sisters, Lysandra stuck a, struck a deal on their behalf with the Watchers. They would grant them near immortality in exchange for preparing Runeterra for the coming of the Void. Three ice-born sisters, Lysandra, Cyrilda, and Avirosa, receives immortality from the Watchers. The three sisters request Orn to construct a massive bridge above the hollow abyss where the Lysandra's palace would later be built. Orn, using a hammer constructed from his meteor gifted by the three sisters, built a bridge on his own. Orn, meanwhile, realized that he did not like people asking him favors and threw his spade as far to the west as he could. Where it landed, no one knows, and it's Fate is lost in the darkness. Then he turned east and threw his favorite eating fork as far as he could. It landed in the great sea. Later, a murking found it a powerful triton at the sea bottom and still uses it to rule his kingdom. Ivern, the cruel-born. Events of the Green Father. Before the three sisters could take over everything with their iceborne horde, Yvern sets out to search for the means to stop them. Traveling to the Fable First Lands, rumored to be the source of all magic, here he and his fellow warriors are escorted by the natives to Amikalayan, Amikalayan where the god widow is found. The Vastashari of the land slaughter Ivern followers, but Ivern strikes at a tree, killing it, but being himself transforming it into a sapling of the next god willow, the death of the god willow, and the birth of the Irvine Green Father. Year 3000. The three sisters unite Fildred and defeat the demigods of the north. Start of the Three Sisters' War. A feud between Lysandra and her sisters involving the future of their empire grows into deep open conflict. Fildred weather changes. The sky becomes darker and the winds colder. The mortal tribes who had once forged together start at war each other as Silda and Avarosa's army encroached Lysandra's palace. Humans and Nunu and a Yeti battle each other, but the fight is interrupted by the opening of the abyss. Battle of Orn's Bridge. Aviosa 
and Zelda's armies sieged the Frostguard Citadel facing Lysandra and her allies at the Bridge of Hollow Abyss. At the same time, the Watchers materialized in Filjord from the hollow, Hollowing Abyss. Lysandra sacrifices her sisters, and all the armies gather upon the hollow, hollowing, hollowing Abyss in a ritual to entomb the Watchers in true ice. Death of Avriosa and Death of Sirida. Nar tries to fight the Watchers but gets encased in true ice from an unknown source. Nar remains in ice for millennia. Watchers are imprisoned in ice between the void and physical realm. End of the Three Wars, Lysandra sets about removing history of the Frozen Watchers from the world as a whole and is mostly successful in doing so. She secretly remains in power over the Frost Guard until the present day. From the year 8,000 to 6,000, 2,000 years. The settlement of the Hearthblood, Hearthblood was founded by a group of humans that wanted to dedicate their lives to crafting various weapons, tools, and objects. Their settlement was built under a mountain where Hearthhome was located. Destruction of the Hearthblood. Volibear demands that Orn's workers create weapons of war for him. When Orn refuses this request, Volibear takes a piece of armor from the walls of Orn's forge. This enrages Orange, and the two battle each other for six days. The battle ends with the destruction of the Hearthbloods and their home. The Watchers that weren't in prison craft the first Voidborn prototypes with the material of the universe. And then they did the Western Migration. 6000 BN The Westward Diapora start their migration, setting the lands that would later be known as Bilgewater, Blessed Isles, Ixta, Shurima, and Mount Targon. 6,000 to 5,000. Founding of the Bilgewater, humans settle in the Serpent Isles and eventually manage to canalize the power of Naga Kaboras, founding of the Blessed Isles, an enlightenment, an enlightened society of scholars devote their study. The world's mysterious is formed on the isles, and eventually they receive knowledge from the nature spirit Maokai as a gift for the respect they had for the land and its magic. Founding of Ixtan, Ixokan, is built and its inhabitants dedicate themselves to mastering element magic. Founding of the unknown faction, Shurima, Nari Mazeth, is built as an original Shurumi capital. Founding of the terrestrial's unknown faction to Targon, later also known as Mount Targon. Discovery of Mount Targon by the mortals, which would create a culture centered around the celestial powers that created the mountain. Absol tricked the Targarnian servitude, the rise of the god warriors. Between 6,000 and 5,000. 
Events of Twin Dawns. Construction of the Sun Disk Prototype. Absol visits Runeterra again. Void rifts open up near Mount Targon. Massive void rift seals by Arian Soul. A will marks him from beyond the rift. One of Absol's stars is destroyed due to the killing of Pantheon on the field when he sealed the void rifts. At that point, Absol sensed that Targon feared his power. Year 5000. The creation of the first ascents guided by the divine aspect of Targon in preparation for some unknown future war, the ancient Shermans used the sun disk at Nirmazath to create the first ascendant. Zetaka becomes ascendant and wields the Chikakar? Chalkakar, maybe Chalkakar, a weapon bought from beyond the mountain and raised aloft the Sherma's birth. Year 5000 BN to 3400 BN. Construction of the sun disk after the fall of Niramazath, the Shermans build a bigger sun disk in the Sherman captain, capital. Sorry. Likely with the help of Ixtan mages, after its construction, the Oasis of the Dawn appeared inside the structure. Its life-giving water poured into the surrounding area, giving life to the desert. Later on, the Oasis would form the Mother of Life river system. The Empire of Shurama Establish the first Sherman Empire. Empire, following of the Void Kingdom of Ekathia, a Mumu arrives on Runeterra. Ixtan joins the Sherumian Empire. First records of Ramus. He remains as part of the Shurama culture for eons. Atrox is born. He becomes ascendant. People started to worship the wind spirit Janaharim, an ancient Sherman word meaning guardian, for she always seemed to appear at the moments of need. As time went on, she became to be known more simply as Jana. Founding of Unknown Faction 3, Oshra Vasu, a port city which would later be known as Zunzun, Oshra Vanzun, became part of Sherman's empire, 3400 BN. Despite Aksamuk, the mage king of Ekathia, calls for peace coexisting. Ekathia is subjugated by a Sherman empress and her ascendant host, Tompling Am. I'm sorry, Aksamuk. Ekathia will be under Shuriman's empire rule for almost nine centuries. 3,400 BN to 2,500 BN. Nasus is born. So is Renekanth. Or, I'm sorry, Renekton. Renekton earns the title Gatekeeper of Shurima 
after fighting an invading force from the south coast, striking towards the isolated city of the old Zeroret, outnumbered ten to one, Renekton, or Renekton and a small contingent face these aggressors to buy time for the evacuation. He held the pass long enough for the relief force led by Nassus to arrive. With barely a handful of warriors left standing, Renekton was held a hero. Nassus and Renekton became ascendant. Rast born, he becomes ascend. Zillian Incathunt, born in Incanthia. Young Zillian joins Incantian's political council. Jax born is in an unknown location. He went to Incanthia. Varus was born in Canthian council, submitted countless petition to the Sherman Empire, hoping for some of its most notable citizens to be chosen for ascension. Host hostilities towards Sherman grew after each submission was denied, without explanation. Seeking a diplomatic solution, Zeline went as an envoy to neighboring Kalek, Kaldunga, and Nexta, trying to gather potential allies for Encantia's independence movement. All three had turned him down for fear of defining Shurma and its ascendant hostess. So we go into the Void War. In 2500 BM, Fall of Encantia, after an earthquake in Sabara unearthed the Void Rift, Jax was entrusted to guard the Encantian mages who discovered his revelation during the journey to the Encantian capital. The Council of Encantia crowns a new mage king sending a message of independence to Shurima. The Kohari order is reestablished. Jax is made part of this group. The Council of Encantia intend to use the Void Rift against Shuriman's army. Zeline returned from his diplomatic mission opposed to these decisions. Loyal citizens and, and soldiers to Shurima are either killed or banished from Encantia. Encantian cities Citizens loot and pillage Shirima's homes and settlements inside Encantian's territories. Varus' home gets attacked, but he stays and defends his post. Bazak is liberated by Jax and other Kohari. The head of the fallen ascendant is paraded on the streets of the Bazak. Varus becomes ascendant. Events where Encantia once stood Shurima ascends, led by Zataka, charged against Encantia in the hundreds, the void rift of Encantia opens up, causing the void born to sleep into the physical realm. Zataka died nearly at the end of the battle.
the year 2500 BN to 2000 BN, the start of the Void War. In desperation, Zeline urged as many Encanthian citizens as he could to take refuge in his tower, and soon after removing the entire structure from time, every person he saved inside the tower remained in a temporal stasis, while Zeline continued to exist beyond time, searching for a way to save his homeland. Sajax, or Jax, was able to escape the battlefield, would roam Shurima for millennia. At some point, he changed his name to Jax. Nizuk, an ascendant host of Extol, and the element mage of colossal power went before the Empire, pledging to create a powerful weapon enough to take out the fight of the Void and eradicate it at its source and its original eruption. After months of inhuman labor, Nizuk revealed the Monolith, a floating fortress of living stone maintained by the greatest elemental mages and its ramparts manned by his fellow Exonitan god warriors. Battle of the Monolith Nezuk and his superweapon arrived in Mancanthia to combat the void which dragged into weeks. Void energies gouged deep wounds into the living stone of the monolith, whose surfaces became pocketed or pocked and smeared with unnatural malphite, leaving mineral like scars. The fortress was pushed into a into the very limits of its design, struggling to self repair and re knit its weakness superstructure. As Nizuk fought to rally his ascension brethren for the for one last desperate charge, the unthinkable happened. Sagging for an instant, the monolith crashed down to earth, cleaving through the bedrock of Encanthia. The opening and opening the void beneath the beneath to the skies. Much of the fortress was lost within the gaping maw, vanishing into silent nothingness beyond. The rest rained down as great ruins, littered a landscape already blackened by the terrible conflict that had been cut so abruptly short. Only a single ascendant survived. Nezuk halted himself from the wreckage, choking on the ashes of what was meant to be the grandest triumph. Now his greatest folly, and fled for his life, wishing to preserve what little remained of their nation and to escape the wrath of the empire. Ixtol mages draw the wildness around them like a shield, isolating Inakanth from the rest of the world. Numerous shards of monolith was eventually been destroyed by the energies of the void. With only a single isolated shard surviving to the moderate times which would later build itself into an elemental golem known as Malphite, Shabaka and Shabaki, Raven Ascendants, helped seal the great rift of Encanthia. End of the Void War.
the Zakalik region become a place of void infestation ruled by Razik of the Exai. The surviving ascendant who or that fought in the void war entitled themselves Sunborn. It was clear if all the it was unclear if all the remaining ascendants assumed there were ascendant that didn't participate after the events of where Encantia once stood, except this title, the Fall of Shurama. Two thousand five to two thousand BN. I mean two thousand five hundred BN to two thousand. Sage of Nasharami, Sherman lays siege to the city of Nasharami with Nasus and Renekton at the helm. Renekton almost burns the entire city to the ground, but Nessus stops him. Nasus rediscovers the tomb of the emperors. Azir, born in Shurma capital, Exrath was born in Sakha. Exrath Xrath saves the life of Azir from an assault that claimed others that claimed all of his brothers. Azir promised that one day Zarath and all of his slaves of Shurama would be free once he becomes an emperor. In an attempt to assure Azir's future as the ruler, Zarath causes all of his brothers to be stillborn. However, the queen manages to bore a son. So, Zarath feels obligated to kill her. Azir's father, the emperor, was present when it happened, and so Zarath killed him as well. Azir is crowned emperor. His first act was to prosecution of the killers of his mother and father, whom Zarath assures were mages from another land. In secret to everyone, Azir begins his plan to free all the slaves. The infamous nether blade of Horok is used to slay a thousand deceivers in that in the latter days of the empire. Two thousand BN. Events of Unbound as his last act as a human, Azir frees all the slaves of Shurma. By this point, Zarath's plan are irreversible. Events of the fall of the empire due to the um, machinist of Zarath and Azir attempted ascension. Shurman empire collapses. The capital is blasted beneath the sands with all of the inhabitants being obliterated. Zarath now is ascendant, is locked in the tomb of empires with Renekton, where he then works on corrupting Renekton and driving him into madness. Nasus goes into self-imposed exile at this time, the spirit of the internal fire who has been imprisoned by Shurama, was set free and his fate later, or his fate after this remains unknown. Then we go into the Great Darkened War, which this part's really important. I was reading someone's uh, lore earlier, and it brought up the Darkened lore a lot. So This all happens between the year 2000 and 550 BN, and this is a long one. It definitely...
is important. The sun disk with no power left is buried beneath the sands and all knowledge of how to perform ascension is lost with it. The people of Sherman scatter living in nomadic tribes and around deltas and oases from this point onward. Destruction of Nermethzeth are at the hands of the Ascendant as a form of revenge against Zarath, the one who led Shurima to its downfall. The god warriors controlled Runeterra for centuries of uneasy alliance. With no emperor to lead them, many of the surviving Ascendant began to return to their order, older Pretty ambitious, they came to view themselves as the rightful inheritors of the world, enslaving mortals and forcing worship. The scattered mortal populace named these new tyrants as Darken, a curse translated roughly in ancient High Shuriman as the Fallen. The Fallen. The Darken masters, many forbidden forms of primitive or primal magic, crafting their own flesh and armor with e- with equal ease until they are completely unrecognizable as a noble warrior they had once been. Start of the war of the sun-born Great Darken War. Without any Azir's monarch to defend the essential or the existential threat of the void to test them, Atrox and Sunborn began to clash with one another. Ashra Vanzun was resettled and renamed to Kazu or Kazun. At some point in time, it would be renamed as just Zun. Nasus kills his fellow ascendant Monera for delving in charred ruins of Nasharam's great library. Vladimir is born. Vladimir's father trade young Vladimir to an unknown Darkin in exchange for the safety of his kingdom. Within a year of his oath would be broken. Instructed by his master, Vladimir destroyed the kingdom of his father and presented his, fa- prevented, presented his father's head to him. Taught by the Darkin master, Vladimir became the first human to learn blood magic, the art of crafting flesh, and transmuting blood. Over the course of his life, Vladimir would govern over his master's subject. His darkened master would later teach him other mortal, uh, other mortals' blood magic. Zomiyasha leads ascendant Tyanari to Nasus, who gives the panther ascended the location of the boomerang blade Chalkar of Zataka, with which Tanari hopes to stop the Civil War and reunite the other ascendant, Darken. Darken to slay legends. Events of the Twilight Gods. Tanari calls for a gathering of the ascendant and Nakai the Tiger. Vax, the chameleon, Zigantus, the bull, Zuyan, the turtle, Shabaka, Shabaki, raven twins, Valviva, unknown. 
Sabotura or Saboturu, uh, the wolf, and Naganeki, the snake, all come to this gathering. Tahanari proposes that the next wielder of the boomerang blade, Chalkar, should be Sivunas Alaha, the bringer of rains, one of Azar's remaining descendants. Zulyan disagrees and tries to take the boomerang blade by force. Tahanari is forced to slay him using portal jump. The usage of such magic breaks the fetters that bound the immortal breath of the gods to Tahari's, Tahanari's human flesh. The other darken disagree with uniting to stop the war against the other ascendants and darken. Tahanari, with the aid of Zol, used boomerang blade to heavenly funnel his vir virtual uh, sorry vitality rather than being Shabaki will be vaporized instantly by the moonfall with Sfax, Zagantus and the and Enakai dying to the moonfall. A few moments later Tahanari's ascension was reverted and he was human once again. Zol later removes his heart, killing him. Naganaka, Valiva, and Sebotaru managed to escape still as they were ascendant. Whether they are still alive or where the one's task was commanding their weaponsmiths to seal away the darken into weapons under Zol's tutelage. Zo, the aspect of twilight of time, gives Runtarians the knowledge to seal away the darken. Newly reborn aspects of war unite many to fight back against darken. Vladimir's darken master instructed him to lead his armies in his defense against the unified enemies. Instead, Vladimir kills him and drinks in a measure of his power enough to renew his mortal flesh and enable him to be near immortal. Few surviving mortals flee, taking what knowledge they had of blood magic with them. Atrox is defeated and sealed away with his magical sword. Rost is defeated and sealed away with his magical scythe. 550 BN Varus is defeated and sealed away with his magical bow by Vastayan, Moonstalkers, the human mages in service of the Golden Armor Warrior, Queen Golden Armor, uses Varus's bow in the final battle of the war, End of the Darkened War. The Golden Armored Warrior Queen commanded her followers to bury her alive in a well of a mountain temple overlooking the village of Pyas. The reign of the Iron Revelant, 550 to 400 BN. Founding of the modern Ionia. Ionia. Mordekaiser is born. Immortal Bastion Zauza begins his power and conquest of Valoran. Warlike Sauzol 
rampaged across the northern wildlands. Driven by the dark faith, he crushed every tribe and settlement in his path, forging an empire in blood and death. The death of Zauzal, disappointed by the afterlife, refuses to fade away and began to call out across the veil between realms, promising his indomitable strength to any who dare listen. Number 400, BN. Coven the sorcerers resolved to bring Zaozal back from the dead. Lacking any flesh or bone, he spurred them to make him stronger than any mortal. Binding his spirit form in dark metal plates, wrote in his likeness of his old armor. Sorcerers had hoped to use him as a weapon in their trivial wars. Instead, he slew them where they stood, their weapons of magic useless against him. They were unable to bind him as he was reborn as Mordekaiser. Mordekaiser begins his revenant crusade. 400 to 100 BN. Mordekaiser begins construction of the immortal bastion in the city of his or in the center of his empire. During the conquest, Mordekaiser crushed and enslaved all who opposed his rule, including an order of Noxe mages who had renewed their study of ancient celestial magic. The mages were drawn to the stars in their search for purpose and hoped in their ruined land after the great darkened war, but were unskilled in war and thus un unless or useless to Mordekaiser. But between the mages, Mordekaiser discovered in an innocent yordle named Vagar, who imaged himself as a master in celestial magic drawn to their curiosity. Recognizing the Yordle's crafty nature, Mordekaiser imprisons Vigar within the immortal bastion, preventing his escape to Bandit City by binding him to the physical plane. The worst possible torture for a Yordle. In captivity, Vagar was forced to devise grim enhancements to sustain Mordekaiser's dominion. Many bringing only terror for terror's sake. Vigar's spirit slowly corrupted over the centuries for exposure to evil, though never entirely. Despite his best efforts at the height of Mordekaiser's dark reign, it was said that a mythic and bloodthirsty Vladimir fiend haunted the coastal cliffs of Eastern Valoran, demanding young lives and savage worship from the local tribes. Few were welcome in his lair until the day of LeBlanc's pale sorceress approached his approached his I'm sorry, this barbarian god with an offer. The two feasted together as equals, weaving magic so dark that the wine at the table soured and the rose withered. Vibrant red turning into black. Black rose, black rose was formed. LeBlanc became the matron of the black rose. 
Mordekaiser was finally defeated by an alliance of Noxon tribes and by a LeBlanc betrayal from within his own inner circle. This hidden cabal managed to server the anchors of his soul to his armor and seal the empty iron shell away in a secret place. His soul returned to the Hall of Bones where he amassed his power for centuries. 100-25 BN Blade of the Ruined King item was born. Zol born of Mount Targon. Zol becomes this aspect of twilight sometime during her preteen years. Roz was born in Kolm. Hikarim was born. Thresh was born. Yorick. Kalasta. Orion. The, re, the Ruination. Number 25 BN. There was an empire, the empire conquering many lands. Its king had many enemies, and during an assassination attempt on the king, only the speed of the general Callista's sword arm could advert disaster. However, in saving the king, Callista caused the assassin to slice the king's wife with his poison blade, dooming her for certain death. The king dispatched Callista to quest for a cure with uh, Hikarim replacing her role in her absence. On her journey, Kalasta set sail for the Blessed Isles. The islands inhabited accepted Kalasta's request and asked her to bring the queen to the island, where they would cleanse her. While Kalasta was away, the, king's, the king descended into madness, locking him, locking himself in a tower with the queen's corpse upon her death. Hikarim led the Iron Order. The kingdom was in darkness when Kalasta returned from her quest. She found the cure for the queen, but it was too late to save her. The king asked Kalasta for what she had found. Upon seeing the king's mental state, Kalasta refused to reveal her discovery and was named a traitor. Eventually, Hikarim's behest she revealed what she had discovered. The king sailed for the blessed isles and asked the island guardians to resurrect the queen. The guardians refused and the king fled in rage. The city was ransacked in order to find the thing the king was seeking. A custodian later known as Thresh guided the king into the, in, or to the spirit waters of the island where he could perform his resurrection ritual. The ritual was half, half success, bringing back his deceased wife, but in a decaying body, in which she begged for death again. Grief overtaken the king, and he performed a ritual to end their lives and bind them together for all eternity. His conjecture was successful but unwittingly empowered by the many potential magical artifacts stored on the island. Its power was increased a hundredfold. A terrible accident occur occurred in, in the arcane vaults beneath the city of Helion, hidden away on the Blessed Isles, with the barrier between 
the material and spirit realm shattered, the souls of the dead were trapped in eternal torment within the coil of black mist and the newly dubbed Shadow Island were adopted or were abandoned by all right thinking mortals. The Ruin Wars in twenty five BN to thirteen BN Rediscovery of the Rune or the World Runes with Helion Lost, the remnants of the ancient order from the Blessed Isles whose mission had been to gather and protect the most dangerous artifacts in Runeterra struggled to keep knowledge of the world runes at bay. Political tensions follow as nations are unwilling to trust one another for the fear of being unwittingly destroyed by these runes. Clet arrives on Runeterra, 13-3 BN. Start of the Rune Wars. The leaders of the two rival Noxi nations plead with Tyrus and Helium in parley at the village of Combe. The encounter ended with the complete decimation of Combe and the surrounding territories by the power of the two world runes. Tensions reach a boiling point and magical warfare erupts. Entire nations are decimated and the world is brought to its knees from the sheer power of the magical being used. At this point, Rise works with his master to try and claim the ruins and put them in hiding while the world continues be in peril. Rise confronts his master, Tyrus, who tries to use two world ruins to power himself. Rise kills him and vows to never use the world ruin, but instead safeguard them from everyone. The Brackern's sense of magic conflict and choose to hibernate underground, opting to wait out the conflict with hope that humanity will destroy itself and they can live in peace again. Kale and Morgana, born on Mount Torgon, towards the end of the Rune Wars, desperate cabals of warrior mages cast off their flesh, entering the dominating entering and dominating the spirit realm. Their shadow magic corrupt the thoughts of mortals everywhere, giving fuel to even more horrendous acts in the war. Nocturne is created as a byproduct of the shadow magic and tirelessly hunts each shadow mage, ending their dark domain. Poppy arrived on Ruterra. Refugees of the Rune Wars find a land with magic nullifying petricide and settle there. Kalam took Kale and Morgana there. 3 BN, the end of the Rune Wars. New nations start rising, some built on top the ashes of old ones, while others were founded by refugees of the war and the birth of nations. Though we will start on 0 AN on the next episode. Um, like always, please let your friends and family know about me. Have them come check me out. If you're not really into League of Legends, that's not really going to change this kind of segment. Uh, This one was, I know, it's a long, long episode. I'm just trying to get over the whole aspect world so I can go into each story. Each story is so much better. It tells their individual lore, and I would think I would be able to get a little bit more into character and be excited for those. I've only read about three of them myself, and there's 128 of them. So this whole segment is literally just for fun. I will read those a lot faster than this. Like I said, this is a whole universe building where the other ones 
are just short lures for each one. I will also be reading them in order according to as they're mentioned in this world. If they're not mentioned in this world, I'll read them afterwards. But, and by the time I read the 128 characters I think that are out there or something like that, they will probably already release a couple more. So, if you just don't want to go and look up the lore yourself, that's what I'm here for. I'm like your audiobook for the League of Legends world. Again, this is just a transitional type of podcast. Uh... I believe this Thursday, I'm going to have my first guest star. It's a buddy of mine from work. And I will not be recording again until Saturday, I think. No, I'll, nope, I'll be fine. Because I'm going to, yeah, I'll probably record on Saturday and Sunday. It depends. But me and him are going to discuss something at random. He's going to choose the topic. I'm going to just debacle with him. We're just going to hang out. So last but not least, do not forget to hit that support. If you like watching League of Legends streams or any streams at all, do not forget to subscribe to my Twitch. And like always, love y'all. Later.